I was at I was at the Wee Spa the other day, which is a Korean day spa. I don't know what the difference is between a Korean day spa and a regular day spa. I've never been to a day spa that wasn't a Korean day spa. But I think I think what distinguishes it, and I've talked about this on Nobody's Listening podcast, is the nudity, is the mandatory nudity. Um, so you're in the you're in the hot spa area. They got like the saunas and the hot tubs and the steam room and all that. And you got to be naked. That's the rule. It's uh, they're very the signage and the and the the notes and the directions are very explicitly saying you have to be naked. Like you can not be naked, but you can't get in the hot tub. And we strongly encourage you to be to be naked. It's like very adamant that you are naked. So with a Korean day spa, actually I should bring this up. <coughs> I got a massage. I'm gonna change directions a little bit. I've never got a massage before, and I've got a mas- I got a massage from a lady at a Korean day spa. The same spa, we spa, it's the one I go to. I spent like, I think I spent like 150 bucks on this massage. It was like, in, it was an hour and a half. I have a few things to mention about this experience. So it's this, um, you know, short, maybe like 50 year old Korean lady who's giving me the massage. They take me to this back room and it's weird because it's in, it feels like an office building. It probably was. So you basically go back in this cubicle and I have two things to mention about this. It's very, very, very simple. I don't want to go into everything about it. The first thing I want to mention is some of it, I started laughing. I started laughing when I was being massaged because it was so painful. Not only was it painful, but from the outside looking in, if you were just someone peeking into this cubicle where a man is being massaged, you would see something that looks like a pro wrestling move, okay? So this lady has her knee on my neck, okay? She has her knee on my neck, and she's putting pressure like this, like like humping my neck with her knee. And it hurt so bad that I started laughing. I think, and I've heard, this happens, I've heard other people mention this. I think, and I thought like, why am I laughing? I'm in, I'm in pain, I'm not like, you know, I'm, I'm gonna be all right, but this hurts, this is not pleasant. I'm not enjoying myself, this is not a relaxing experience. I'm being, pain is being afflicted on me. So I just start laughing and I'm like, why am I laughing? And I realize I'm like, okay, this person, I'm paying for this, I'm paying for this. And this woman is like, you have to put in some aggression. So this woman is aggressively kneeing the back of my head and I'm paying for it. And that's what made me laugh. The, it made me laugh to realize, I'm like, this is something I paid for. There's a woman on top of me aggressively, almost like she's mad, almost like she's channeling some frustration at me and kneeing the back of my head and I'm giving this person money. So I just laughed out loud because the pain was so severe that I'm like, I'm paying for this. That was the laugh. The laugh was. I'm paying for this. I'm paying for this like pretty severe pain right now. Um, so that was funny. There were a few moments like that. The main one was the knee on the back of the head, the knee on the back of the neck. There was a moment where I'm like, listen, I almost, you don't want to be, it's not even like you don't want to be a bitch. It's like you don't want, you want to pay for the full experience and you want to know you got it. You want to say, I had the full Thai massage experience, I did it, and I can now, 
assess it and I can talk about it because I experienced it in its entirety. So if you bitch out and you're like, listen, I'm hurting and this is very painful and I'd like you to stop. You say, no, I'm going to make it through so I can talk about it later. Um, no severe. Also, another thing to bring up on a massage. I didn't, I was expecting to leave and then like the following day feel like blissed out, like euphoric all day. Felt fine. I didn't feel sore or anything. I just felt the same. I don't think I'll ever, I don't think I'll ever do it again, but I'm leaving out one very important part of this story. So I don't, this isn't, <coughs> I don't think that this place is of ill repute. I don't think there's any funny business going on there. Any sort of uh, hand job at the end, happy ending situation going on. I don't, I don't think so. And I would never say, want to say that about a business if it wasn't, if I wasn't positive that it was true. Um, so I don't think it's that type of operation, but I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. When this 50-year-old lady was massaging me, I didn't, when I met her, when, you know, she didn't speak much English, there wasn't much of a connection at all, just kind of like, you know, take your clothes off, put on this robe, I'm going to give you a massage, very business, nothing, all right? Didn't have a sexual thought about this 50-year-old Korean lady until... The thing is, because she starts massaging you, and then she massages you, and she touches like, she massages your back, and then the top of your ass. She massages the top of your ass in a way, and this is what I thought was like really interesting. It's, it's the way she touches you is a very, in the same way that she's aggressively, almost as if she's angry at you, kneeing the back of your head. She is very seductively rubbing the top of your ass. And that will make, I will speak for myself, it made me horny. I was like, damn, like this? I was like, I hope she doesn't have me flip over right now because I am, I am hard. I'm erect. Um, maybe I wasn't, maybe I wasn't fully, but I was like, some, whoa, dang, like, because the way, I'm, I don't know, but the way she touches you is like, she like slows down when she gets near your, near your butt. And it's like, it's something. It's an experience. And it, it, I thought that was strange that the knee on the back of the head felt like there was some, there was some anger. Felt like there was some anger there, which I'm sure there wasn't. And I also felt like the top of the ass rub felt like there was some, uh, some lust, some horniness some uh yeah so it, it was erotic i felt that way it was interesting though so i feel like you can't really rub someone's ass without it being somewhat sexual i don't know very it was a you know it was a good experience if i were to go back i'd be going back for the top of the ass rub that was definitely definitely the best part and this is a woman i didn't walk in and was like damn look at this 50-year-old, five-foot Korean lady. Um, not that she was unattractive. She was wearing a mask. Couldn't even see her face. I don't know what she looked like, but I didn't have to. Holy smokes. Anyway, so I didn't get a massage the other day when I was there, but I was in the hot tub. So you're in this hot tub, and all right, I just kind of want to talk about... No, I'm not going to do this. But I'm in the hot tub, and a guy gets in. One guy gets in with shorts. So you have to be naked. That's kind of the rules. A guy gets in the hot tub with shorts. Um, which is weird. It's not, I mean, whatever. Do you. 
But they also do say, it also says, like, you can't wear shorts in here. And I remembered it saying that. Guys wearing shorts. Don't give a shit. Um, guys in there, and a guy is sitting next to me. The guy with the shorts gets out of the tub, and there's a guy sitting next to me, and he's like, you're not supposed to be in here with the shorts because of the uh, de detergent and the fabric. It can, it can break the pipes, and it's not sanitary. It's not very sanitary. And he was... He was upset. He was upset that this guy was wearing shorts in the hot tub. And I, 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 you know, I played along. I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't know. Maybe someone will say something. Maybe some worker here, someone that has something to do with the day spa will speak up and say, hey, you know. I, I told him, hey, it doesn't really bother me. What I wanted to tell him was, dude, I'm peeing right now. I'm peeing in the hot tub. I'm contaminating it. Not only that, everyone pees in that hot tub. Here's how I know. There is a restroom in the men's area of the day spa, okay? The area is heavily trafficked. There are a lot of people coming in and out. I have never seen anyone in that bathroom. Every time I've used it, no one has ever gone in there, okay? No men are leaving that area with the hot tubs and with the saunas and going to the restroom because they have to pee. They aren't. They're peeing in the hot tub. It was so funny. This guy is just like, I'm worried about the bacteria and the chemicals that might be in the shorts getting on me. I'm like, guy, everyone who has sat in this tub has pissed in it. Not only has everyone who has sat in this tub pissed in it, they've pissed in it every time they've got back in it. There's no way you can sit in a hot tub and then not just pee. I think that's something that everyone does. I think it's like the whole, it's, I truly believe this. There are two types of people in the world. There are people that piss in hot tubs, and then there are people that lie about pissing in hot tubs. I don't know who is getting out of a hot tub because they because they have to use the restroom. Maybe some people are, but I think if you haven't if you've sat in a hot tub and you've got out of the hot tub because you had to pee, I don't think you really had the hot tub experience. That's my thought. Just pee in it. It's fine. We're sitting in each other's piss. Who gives a shit? Relax. That's why you're here. No one's going to get... There's chlorine in the hot tub. It's going to be fine. Take a load off. Blow a load of piss into the hot tub. Who gives a shit? Um, oh, Google's talking to me. Okay, some things I was thinking about is... The things, like, what is true about yourself and what are things that you would like to believe about yourself? And I think this is, like, what gets people in trouble all of the time is the things that are actually true, which you do know. You do know. You know what is true about yourself. I know how smart I am, okay, with my job. I know exactly how smart I am. I also know what I would like to believe about myself and what I tell myself. And I don't really tell myself, I tell other people, and it's a total lie. So you have to be careful about the things that you know are true about yourself. And don't, and also don't do, like comedy that's not funny is self-deprecating humor that isn't true, that isn't authentic. If someone's just kind of, like self-deprecating humor about being fat or being, having a bad fashion sense or something isn't necessarily fun because it's not, 
true. It's a very guarded way. It's, it's you saying, here are my imperfections. I'm fat, you know, and I can, and, but most of the time, if you're making jokes about you being fat, you're probably pretty comfortable with being fat, and that's fine. You're pretty comfortable with who you are, and you're saying, hey, these are my flaws. Get a load of my flaws. But it's actually not that interesting because you've come to terms with that. That's something that you believe about yourself is that I'm content and I'm, I'm, this is what's true about me and here are my flaws. When in reality, it's not that much fun because you're comfortable with those flaws. They're not your actual flaws. Maybe the real thing is this reason is what I'm actually insecure about. Maybe it's even the reason that you're fat. You know, maybe it's the reason that you're, you feel stupid. Maybe it's the reason that your dick can't get hard. Those are the things where I'm like, those are when you really can psychoanalyze yourself because you do know, you do know what's wrong with you. You always know what's wrong with you. I believe this. And when it really starts getting scary is when someone truly doesn't know what's wrong with them. That's when it gets scary to me. When I see someone that I, I can tell, a lot of people are insecure. I truly believe this. My friend Matt put out a YouTube video. I shared it on Facebook. Check it out. Anyone that's watching this video has probably got it through my Facebook. But he's talking about your emotional reactions are the child within you that sees your own flaws. It's the child within you that you react to this, to something happening to you, to someone saying something that makes you get emotional. You get angry, you get sad, you get anxious, all these things. And if you really pull it back, you can, I truly believe this, I truly believe this. You can pull it back and you can say, oh, that's because I'm this way. I feel this way. What's true about this situation? So I'm trying to come up with a good example for myself in something that I do. Okay, for, yeah, for a very long time, in my career, I, I, deep down, I felt insecure about me not being, not knowing a large scope of software. A large scope of software, a large piece of my, you know, a lot of information that should be known by a software developer like me at this point in his career that he doesn't know. I was very insecure about that and I wouldn't do anything about it. But in my head, I would tell myself lies like I do know it. I'd also tell my myself lies like I could never figure it out. So I was oscillating between these two ideas that I don't need to know this and I could know it if I tried and oscillating between the idea of if I did try, I could never figure it out and I'm actually a phony and I'm not that smart. The truth is totally in the middle. The truth is, the truth was neither. The truth is, I was too lazy to go and learn that stuff. I was too lazy to just say, you know, the truth is, I am a person, perfectly capable, I'm in the middle ground, I'm middle class of intelligence, right? Like most people, okay? I'm not, I don't have brain damage, I also am not a savant. And like pretty much everyone, we're all kind of in that middle ground. And the reality is there's a large scope of knowledge I don't have. I can figure it out, but it's going to take time and it's going to take effort. So that's all it really took for me was to say, you know what? The truth is in the middle. I can figure it out, but also I need to come to terms with the fact that I'm not trying to, and I need to come to the fact, and I need to actually try and put forth the effort. You don't have to believe all these crazy weird narratives about your life. Um, and let guilt and insecurity or arrogance or the need to posture affect the way you see your reality. Because that's the truth. I think about that. 
I mean, even like dating, I have, you have this idea of like, oh, I need to be, for a man, you're like, I need to be like the biggest, strongest, most desirable man I can possibly be. And when insecurities come in, when you, when insecurities come in and you feel impotent or you like, you can't get hard or you can't like, you can't retain this woman, you can't keep her interest, she's more interested in other things or whatever, whatever may have you, anything that can potentially make you insecure messes with this idea that, oh, I want to be the most desirable part, desirable partner I can possibly be. Not even like retaining woman, just trying to get laid, whatever it is, you're failing to attract someone and that makes you feel insecure, right? So you don't need, in reality, it's like you don't need to be the most attractive, desirable person. You don't need to be. You don't, you don't have to. And you're not. The fact is you're not. No one is and no one ever will be. So be okay with that. But when something does make you insecure, that doesn't mean you're a that doesn't mean you're a piece of shit. It doesn't mean you're completely undesirable and no one will ever want to have sex with you or no one will ever want to reproduce with you. Um, and you, when, or you can't get hard. It doesn't mean you're not going to be able to get hard for a while. Truth of the matter is, there's a reason you couldn't get hard. There's a reason this person doesn't find you desirable. Figure it out. Try Just try to figure it out. Try to figure out what that is. It doesn't mean you're do. And this is it's this idea that we're doomed to be something. We're afraid of like being doomed to being something, to being a loser, to being stupid, to being unsuccessful. We're afraid of being doomed to that. But that's never true. It's never true. You never do. You can always do something to change your circumstances. You can always try something new. You're never doomed for anything. And you're also not guaranteed security. You're not guaranteed success from everything either. So there's not this like, I'm a piece of shit or I'm the greatest human alive. I feel like we always kind of you need to recognize that you're always somewhere in between. And to get to the place where you would like to be is going to take effort. That's really all it is. It's gonna take effort and it's going to take honesty. That being said, I, I wanted to come back to my point about my friend's my friend Matt's video. He's talking about your shadow or he's talking about your child self. That's something that when you experience something and you get, let's go with anger, you get angry. When someone says something to you, you get angry. You see something, you get mad, you get mad at things. Take a second, that's a gift. That anger is a gift. Because a lot of times you get angry and you're like, this, this, I'm angry at this. It's not me, it's that. It's that thing that triggered me, it's making me, it's, the, it's its fault. It's this TikTok video that I watched that triggered my anger, it's its fault. It's the TikTok video's fault. It's not, it's you. It's something internally that got triggered. So rather than look outward and say, it's the TikTok video, I hate that TikTok video, it's so bad. Look inward and say, why did that trigger something in me? If you figure it out, like what is actually happening? Maybe it's a big one for me. One thing I realized is, it's the you think you're better than me. It's the you think you're better than me sentiment that I've had in my head forever, for my entire life. That's the most basic one that gets to me is, oh, this person thinks they're better than me. In reality, I've broken it down and I realized what it is. It's this person has self-confidence. And usually it's someone that yeah, I don't think is better than me, right? It's they'll do something and I, I see them and they, oh, they think they're so great. They think they're better than me. In reality, what I'm saying is I think this person's lesser than me, but I hate them for having the confidence that I don't have. That's what it is. That's what I think's funny. <coughs> it's like, oh, I hate myself for not having the confidence that this person has. 
whether it's something in like guitar playing, you watch a guy play guitar and sing and on TikTok, and maybe he's he's pitchy, he's not that great at guitar, but he has so much confidence and he thinks he's killing it. So you watch this and you're like, this guy thinks he's so great. Really, I'm just mad because I'm like, I wish I liked myself as much as this man does. I wish I was feeling myself as much as this man was with as little skill as he actually has. I, I'm jealous of him and once I come to terms with that, I'm, I, I don't care. I don't give a shit. I'm like, okay, well then he has more confidence than I do and that's good for him. I'm just upset that I don't have that confidence, that's all. I'm just mad that I don't have confidence, that's all. It doesn't got anything to do with TikTok, doesn't even have anything to do with this man. It's just me being upset with what I have and the fact that I still don't feel good. Here's an example. Here's my favorite example. So I watched these videos. I would watch these videos about like it's this girl and she's talking it's, it's fat shaming it's fat shaming so the idea like the biggest beautiful movement or whatever you understand the idea it's like love love or um beauty comes in all sizes so the idea is like um primarily women not not so much men being okay with themselves being comfortable with the weight that they're at sorry my phone is going nuts um yeah, that they're comfortable with their own weight, that they're comfortable with their own body, and that they feel beautiful in the body that they're in. And I would watch these videos. Joe Rogan is a is a fat shamer. He does not like these. He's very upset with these women thinking that they're beautiful or feeling like they're beautiful when they're overweight, when they're, from Joe's point of view, undesirable. This is the way I see it. And there was this YouTuber, this girl, she would talk about this uh, big is beautiful and they're, they're very intense emotional reactions to these women that like themselves and are confident and happy with their weight and happy with the things they're eating and happy with the way they feel. But it's this idea that you're not, it's it two, two different ideas that the women would bring up. The YouTuber, she'd say, the kids, the, you're a bad example for children. This woman, and okay, like you're a bad example for children because they're gonna have diabetes and heart disease and die fat, whatever. She's, she's getting upset, and then also, um, like your health. You know, this is bad for your health. Like it's bad for your health. You're fat. You need to lose weight. Really being upset that these women are fat and happy. Okay, so I just I was watching the video. I'm like, why? What is the emotional reaction here? Because this isn't a. This is clearly not a genuine concern for these overweight women's health. It's just not, it's not, that is not where this is coming from. That is not why this YouTube video is made. There is some weird vitriol against these women who love their bodies, whatever shape they may come in, from this skinny girl YouTuber. So I was trying to figure it out. Mike, why can't you let a bitch live? Let a bitch live, live your life, let a woman be happy and eat a hamburger and enjoy whatever type of body she's got. And I realized this, these girls, are happy and they're content with themselves and they like themselves and that feels good for them and when these women are expressing themselves the beauty comes in all sizes you can tell that you can tell they like themselves and they're happy and they're happy with the way they look okay and what I've realized is a lot of people that are like very fitness oriented or have lost a lot of weight in reality, they're thin and they think they should be happy, but they're not. So when they see someone that is, let's call them, you know, fat and happy, they get upset because they're like, I'm supposed to be happy. You're supposed to not like yourself. 
you're supposed to be discontent with your physical appearance, and I'm thin, I'm skinny, I watch what I eat, and I'm still not, and that infuriates me. It infuriates me to see you content, and me not content, you know? Because I lost all this weight, or I maintain this body, so I can't be happy, and I'm still not, and that frustrates me about me. It's got nothing to do with you. I don't care what you eat. I don't care about what children watch you eat, whatever you eat, and if they follow suit. Who knows? That's not, that's not why I'm making the video. I'm making the video because I want you to know you're gonna die, because I need you to be, I need you to not like yourself, because I don't like myself, and that's the truth. I need you to be on the same playing field as me because it feels like I'm sacrificing the food I want to eat. I'm sacrificing a lifestyle that I used to live for nothing because I thought it would make me content and it didn't. And I'm mad about that, which is totally fair, which is totally fair. So when you get frustrated, someone cuts in line, say, I'm a little bit frustrated because I wish. I, there's part of me that wishes I had the lack of empathy or the goal to not care about all these other people in line and cut in front of them. There's part of you that wishes, I wish I had that. I wish I had the courage to not give a fuck about anyone else. That's true. So once you acknowledge that and you're like, why am I really upset? I'm getting cut in line, okay? I could speak up for myself, but I'm not. I'm just getting mad at the person who did cut in line. I also don't have anywhere to be, so I'm upset. The reason you're upset is I kind of wish I was that guy. I kind of wish I had the courage to not care about other people. Um, let's see. Oh, the okay, this is great. So this, this happened to me recently. Um, or my, this happened to a friend of mine. And... I don't want to give the example because it's too literal and I don't want to, uh, what's the word? I don't want to invade their privacy. I don't want to, you know, but a lot of times in life, how often do we do this? We're afraid, we, whoever's watching this, thanks for watching this, by the way, but we make excuses for not doing something or for doing something um, when we're scared, when we are afraid. We need an out. We need an out because the the excuse is fear. You're like, I left this situation because I was scared. It was too much for me. It was overwhelming. I was afraid. But that doesn't sound good to say to other people, right? It doesn't sound great to say, oh, why did you, maybe you join the military. You join the military, you go to boot camp, it's too much. You can't handle it. It's scary, you wanna go home. You miss your mommy and daddy. You're afraid, okay? You come home and someone asks, oh, I thought you were in the military. I thought you, and you're like, oh, I'm, uh, I'm flat-footed. I'm flat-footed, so I can't do it. I got there, flat-footed, can't do it. Um, I'm flat-footed and half-gay, so I can't be in the military. I discovered I'm half-gay and uh, flat-footed there. So I really wanted to do it, but uh, I'm just kidding, you, can't, you can be gay in the military. I need a better example. But you're flat-footed, you're flat-footed. You've got like 80-40 vision, something like that. So you use this excuse. That's not the real answer. So instead of that, you tell, you're telling yourself this, but you're also telling other people. And 
you you telling other people is you just trying to convince yourself that it well, you didn't leave boot camp because you were because uh you know you didn't i'm gonna have to restart this video because it only goes to 28 minutes but hold on okay so you have to tell people I didn't leave the military. I didn't quit boot camp because I was scared and I was overwhelmed. And being in the military is horrifying and drill instructors are mean because that makes you sound like a coward. You say, oh, it was something outside of my control. Something outside of my control is why I'm here. You know, so you're convincing yourself. You're saying, I was going to do that, but something outside of my control made it so I couldn't. Okay? So, you're not serving anyone. No one cares why you didn't do something. No one gives a shit. Okay? But don't get upset with you. don't get upset at outside circumstances when you aren't where you want to be in life. That's the problem. The problem is when you run into something like that, you can either get past it, you can either assess it, or you can quit. You can be like Okay, maybe there is a legitimate reason. Maybe you are flat-footed. That doesn't mean you can't achieve success. Some people, they realize they're flat-footed and they can't do what they thought they were going to do, so they pivot. They go into a different direction, but they continue their journey. They continue their progress, but they hit the end of the road. They hit a point where they're like, okay, well, that is not in the cards for me, but how can I achieve what I want to achieve in a different way? Rather than hit that, hit any sort, be on the lookout for reasons to quit, excuses outside of your control to not follow through and go through something that's scary, something that's hard work, something that's difficult and say, oh, I didn't achieve what I wanted to in life for outs reasons outside of my control. Don't do that. Don't, nobody buys that. And I, 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 I do that all the time. I do that all the time, less now. Um, but yeah, I used to do that all the time. And you know when you're doing it. You know when something's completely within your control and you're just making an excuse for why you can't do it. Life is difficult. Accomplishing things is difficult. Challenges will arise. Um, don't lie to yourself. Just be honest. Don't get down on yourself because in reality, it's a lot of times when you get down on yourself, those that's not true either. And you also know it's not true, but it feels weirdly good to feel like you're a piece of shit and you're incapable of achieving something because it honestly feels kind of good to say that to yourself because it takes the onus off of you to work hard again to achieve something because you just tell yourself, I'm incapable. I'm not going to try. I'm incapable. Why try? Because I'm incapable of doing anything. So I'm not going to try because me being successful is impossible. And that feels kind of good because then you don't have to work hard. You don't have to do anything. What's the point? You're a loser. Um, so be careful what you... Be careful. Lie to other people. Go crazy. Lie to other people. Tell people you're flat-footed when you're not flat-footed. But no, it's not true. When you lie to someone, know you're lying, okay? When you lie to someone, know that you're telling a lie. Say, I'm telling a lie right now. I am. But don't try to convince yourself that your own lie is true. You're crazy. Okay. Ooh, this one's... Let's see what we got. Oh, man. Okay, so... Freeing up your brain is kind of what I want to... All right, so 
I think a lot of times in life you get, you want to possess something. And I think the passing of time is a good reflection of the fact that you cannot possess anything, right? I think when you try to possess, anytime I've ran into a problem, it's me trying to possess a security. Security is a big one. I want to possess security. I want to have it. All right. I want to be secure financially. So I will not be anxious. I won't be anxious anymore because I am secure. So I'm chasing security. I'm chasing a certain amount of money in my bank account. So I no longer have to worry. That doesn't exist, right? So you chase security. You'll never find it. You're always going to be pursuing it. You're always going to be anxious because you're always going to achieve. You're never going to achieve that amount of money. It doesn't exist. It's not, it's not real. Or you're chasing a relationship, someone you like, someone that you're emotionally dependent on. You're emotionally dependent on them. Okay. And you've lost them. They're gone now, but you want them back. You're chasing something because you want to possess that you want to possess that person you want to know that they you have their love and you have their love forever truth of the matter is you don't you never did you never did have their love forever that's never guaranteed so you can go chasing that person's love for the rest of your life okay to get their love back but even if you were to get it back they're never going to love you the same way as they did at that one point in time it's always going to be different and once you get your their love you're going to realize that you have it. It's, you have this now. You, it's, maybe it's not even exactly what you wanted. Maybe it's different than you were expected. Maybe you got what you want. And then upon arrival there, you realize that this isn't necessarily what you wanted at all. Maybe it was something else. And maybe you have to come to terms with that, with that person. So don't try to possess something because it leaves. It goes back in time. Don't go to, don't, don't reminisce about a certain time of your life and say, Oh, if I could only get back here, if I could only get to this level, if I could only have those friends again, if I could only have these people again, if I could assemble these people back in my life into some sort of way, even if you did, it would be a different thing. If that person loves you again, it's going to look completely different from the time they loved you before. It's going to be completely different, but to try to desire this going back to the way things were, the way things were at one point in time to try to get that back is lunacy. To try to possess financial security is lunacy. And I've realized that even with my um, like romantic relationships I've been in, I've realized that I don't even care if the person cheats on me in a way or I have to. I'm better when I'm like, I don't care if they would like to cheat on me, that's fine. That's their own business, right? And ultimately, if they cheat on me, the relationship's going to feel different. It's not going to be what I want. And I'm free to go at any point in time. So I don't worry about retaining the person's love. I don't worry about retaining the person being near me. I don't depend on their... I don't depend on them looking out. I don't depend on them checking in. All I know is when they're there, they're there, and that's an enjoyable experience. The time that I'm with them is nice. That's all I have. That's all I care about. When they're not there, I don't give a shit. That's really it. And if they want to go, they're free to go. All I lose is the fact that I don't get that time that I enjoyed spending with them. I have to fill it with something else I enjoy. That's all. Because I'll never possess that person. I'll never have them forever. And the truth of the matter is, I don't think I really wanted to possess them. That's a lot of, that's a lot of uh, pressure. That's a lot to have on me, is to possess something. It's kind of scary. So, appreciate things for while they're there. You know? You don't, or something like, oh, I want to own a house in the south of France, right? 
This is a very literal example. You're like, I want to own it, right? Then you own it and you're like, well, now I got to maintain it, okay? Now I own it. I don't want to be there all the time. But, you know, there's bad pipes. The, you know, the neighbor wants me to put up a fence. There's something to maintain about it. <coughs> you wanted to possess it. You wanted to have a place in France. You wanted to own it. You want, But there was some sort of possessive aspect of owning a place there that felt good to you to own, to have it. It's mine. It's mine. I possess it. I own it. But in reality, if you could just learn to appreciate an Airbnb in the south of France whenever you wanted it, you'd probably be a lot happier, right? Why did you want to possess it? You could go to an Airbnb. You could rent that same Airbnb for less money every time you want to go to the south of France, which isn't that often. So what's your obsession with possessing something? Do you think that'll bring you satisfaction to own it, to own it? for it to be yours? I don't think so. I really don't. I really don't. People come and go and things come and go and to only find satisfaction out of those things because you think they will last forever is going to lead to disappointment for you. That's the, uh, that's the way I feel about it. Uh, maybe other people feel differently. But enjoy things for while they are. There's a very good movie called Brad Status with Ben Stiller that I really enjoyed. And I thought it had a lot of really good learning, like life lessons. Granted, it's about aging. It's about getting older. It's about status. It's about the way you feel about things. And I really enjoyed it. It was a bummer, though. It was a major bummer to see. The character, like, turns it around in the end. But don't be petty. Don't... <laughs> Just understand that everything can fucking go. Everything can leave at any point in time. It's all made up in some ways. There are nice things, but understand it's all made up. Now I'm losing myself. Um, what one thing do I want to say? Uh, oh, so yeah, I guess the main thing being like... Like, go on vacation is really what it is. If you're a person that wants to save money, um, blow some money. Don't try to buy security. Go on a vacation. Have an experience. Louis C.K. said, all you have is your experiences. Money comes, money goes, but your stories are all you have. I've said that before, but that stuck with me, man. That stuck with me. Even every shitty situa situation you find yourself in, you're like, this is a story. This is what I have. I'm a product of my experiences. People don't want to hear about your security. You don't want to think about your security. It's, uh, it's elusive. It's, you'll never get it. People's love, security, um, success, they're all elusive. They don't really mean anything. They're just things that you chase. Um, tell you what, though. Buy yourself a nice car, if that's what you want. If you want to buy a nice car because you want people to see your nice car, that's not going to do anything for you. But if you want a nice car because you like the way it feels, you like the way it drives, you like coming out and seeing it, buy yourself a nice car. That's nice. That's a good thing you can do for yourself. You know, if that's something that you really enjoy sitting in your car, but don't buy that car, lease it, lease it, lease it if it makes sense. Um, but yeah, buy things that are going to make your life better, not things that you think are going to, you know, things that you want to, whatever. Something that you think is going to bring you something that it's not going to bring. Buy a nice car with leather seats, 
heated seats and a nice sound system. You're going to enjoy that shit. I'm losing myself. Um, I was thinking about stand-up. Okay, so I was thinking about stand-up the other day. I've been watching a lot. Just random people's stand-up. And the observation I made, well, I watch Kill Tony a lot. And watching people do comedy for the first time, it's so fascinating because you watch them do an impression of a comedian. And it's great because they do this impression of a comedian and it's so inauthentic. And it's... It's beautiful because they get on stage and you can tell the disappointment they have where they're like, well, this is what I thought being a comedian was. And I did it and nobody laughed, you know? Um, Because it's not, it's not, it's all very, it's all contrived. It's both contrived, most of the stories, and it's also incredibly derivative of nine different comedians and comedians acts you've seen before. So... Really, when comedians get good is when they've learned to channelate, channelate when they learn to channel who they are um, by themselves on a stage, and that's why I like improv because it's easy. All I really have to do is be a character and react. I'm funny. I'm funny. If you put me in a situation, if you put me in a scene, all I have to do is be that character and I react. And it's going to be funny because I'm a funny person, you know, but doing that as a stand-up comic, you're just on stage and you got to just cook up. It's like, it's like top chef. It's like iron chef with no ingredients. You just got to make it. You just got to make it work, man. Uh, so I respect the hell out of it, but it's fun to watch people, myself included. When I first did stand-up, I just did, you know, my impression of what a stand-up comedian was and I did what I thought jokes were. I did these jokes that were hacky, like bullshit jokes. They weren't personal. It definitely wasn't the type of humor that is the type of humor that I make my friends laugh with. I make my family laugh with. It was bullshit. It was just bullshit hack nonsense. But I really respect comedians, because good comedians, because they've learned how to channel uh, their self-expression I don't think if you're not, because I, I mean, I even watch comedian people that aren't funny, but they're good. They can do stand up, but they're not funny at stand up. They, they know how to write jokes, but that's it. They're not funny people, but they know how to write jokes and that will get them so far. But to watch an actual funny person bomb on stage because they don't know how to actually make the magic happen. Is, uh, is pretty funny too. Because some people are very charming, very charismatic, and very funny, but when they get on stage, they suck. Because they don't know how to make it out of thin air. They need a, they need a, it's like playing tennis by yourself. They need something to bounce it off of. It's a, it's a lot of fun to watch, but when people figure it out, when they can learn how to hit a tennis ball back and forth by themselves, that's what, um, that's when the magic happens. So, you know, um, yeah, Kill Tony's a great show. I guess that's my point, but I think that's all I had. I mean, I've been talking for a while, so um, yeah, don't try to possess things. Pee in a hot tub every once in a while. Um, be good to your mom. Give your give your cat a tongue bath, even if she's getting focused. Isn't it crazy how docile she is? She's not happy right now. Oh well. All right. Thanks for watching. Yeah. <laughs>